0: It's your fellow podcaster. He's tracked you down. Quick, let's cover the sound equipment.
1: Hi, Swerty.
2: Uh, Chandru? How'd you know I was here?
1: I followed you.
2: Oh, uh, this is my, my Scott, uh, Uncle Scott... Scott Elladock.
1: oh, hi, hello, Swarty. This may seem a little forward, but I was wondering if if you would ask me to to do a pointless rewind episode on Back to the Future on Sunday.
2: Uh, you mean nobody's asked you?
1: No, not yet.
2: W- what about uh that guy Anthony?
1: Anthony Ryan? Yeah. Uh, uh, he's kind of cute and all, but I think a podcaster should be strong so he can stand up for himself and rewind the movies he loves.
3: Don't you? Yeah, seriously. Also, if he doesn't want to podcast with me, then why am I rewinding through 1985's Back to the Future? Because, because this, this is a pointless, pointless rewind, rewind.
1: Welcome back to Pointless Rewind, a podcast where we rehash, rewind, and rewatch our favorite movies. This is Chandra Vindran. I've got Anthony Ryan here.
3: Hello, everybody.
1: Got Eric Swerdlov. How's it going? Pretty good. And welcome back to Scott Ellibrecht, our, our very, very special guest. How are you doing? Hello. I'm great. Well, that's great to hear. But uh so today we are talking 1985's Back to the Future. But before that, let's uh let's talk about our last few weeks. Anthony, what have you been up to? Been watching anything good? Reading anything good? No, you don't read.
3: You'll be happy to know that uh you read? my wife and I have been watching no. Uh, I've been rewatching X-Files. She's yeah. been watching it for the first time and I'm sort of remembering what I missed out on. It's been a while.
1: All right, so you're I know you guys watched an episode on Halloween based on my recommendation, but you guys have been watching past that.
3: Yeah. So we, we restarted the season, season one. We started from season one. We're on episode four or five now. Yeah. And she actually likes it.
1: Are you on the Jersey devil or did you, uh, did you just finish conduit? This is how much I know.
3: Ah, you know what? Um, what was episode three? Episode three was squeeze. Okay. We actually just finished squeeze. Okay. All right. So you're on to conduit. We're only three episodes in, but still, Hey, that's something.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh. Just uh, try to get her to, well, both of you to f- truck through the... Uh, there's some rough patches <laughs> in season one, and they're coming up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> once you once you get past it, the show's... Uh, I mean, it is my favorite do show. You,
3: do you uh, compare the scores on IMDb, like the episode score?
1: I don't, because the IMDb scores are always high for everything.
3: Well, if you go through the episode scores, there's actually some that are in, like, the sixes. And I'm like, those are probably the low points.
1: Yeah, so some of the scores will be low, but I think... When I say they're like, you know, they're usually high on IMDb. I mean, there's never anything like lower than like a five, unless you're like the Game of Thrones finale, which everyone hated. Well, I'm glad you're watching. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you guys are both enjoying it. The segues into Eric also watching one of my favorite shows, and I'll pretend that I don't know what you've been watching. Why don't you tell everyone what have you been watching, Eric?
2: Well, I've finished Breaking Bad. and <gasps> I've, wow. I have started Better Call
1: Saul. Ah, these are shocking revelations. I've also uh, changed
2: my name to uh, Snake Fliskin, and I am reliving Escape from New York.
1: Dude, I was going to watch that movie. This is amazing. <laughs> I was like, why Why does that name sound familiar? And it's because I've been reading up on John Carpenter movies other than The Thing and Halloween and, and uh, The it's Fog. It's a great but movie.
2: I think you're going to love it.
1: What do you think about Breaking Bad, just roughly?
2: Um, it's a great show. I mean, by by the end of the show... I just can't stand Walt, but I think that's intentional by the writers.
1: Well, yeah, that uh that is pretty much how I felt. But uh did the show break you the way it broke me? Because I'm more of an emotional wreck than you are.
2: Uh it did not. I mean there were some sad parts, but uh it did not break me.
1: Your text messages were deceiving. I thought you were actually not enjoying it. No, no,
2: I, I, I enjoyed the show. I just hate Walt He he like guessed like he bothers me.
1: <laughs> Alright. Well that's what that's that's the that's the beauty of that show, is like is how much well, for me, it was how much I enjoyed him at first. And I'm like, wait, this guy's I fucking hate this guy. But, uh, all right, well, we'll move on to Scott. So, uh, what show from my past have you been watching or have you betrayed me and not watched
0: something that I love? No, no, I've been watching all of them. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. Describe them, describe them to each minute detail right now. Oh,
0: they're great. Yeah. They're every one of them quick <laughs> co- collectively. Were, you know, they're, they're good shows. All of them, I'm happy with how they turned out, and yeah, a lot of exciting things in all of them. So, it's good stuff.
1: I can't keep this charade going any longer, <laughs> so...
0: Well, hey, I did watch one interesting show today called Back to the Future, so that was pretty good. Great
3: show.
1: That was a TV... You watched the TV show? <laughs> uh, no, you watched maybe. the wrong thing, man, unless we're all going <laughs> to podcast on the TV show here. <laughs> uh, man, I'm going to have to... Okay, but you watched the entire first season of that thing. I think. Did anyone actually see that show back in the day? Was that a real show? Yeah. It was, yeah, the cartoon. I watched, I feel like I watched it before this movie came out. and uh, I, I just remember. found out it existed. <laughs> well, <I did. laughs> you better hurry up if you're going to talk about it on this podcast. So, oh, you're wasting time drinking beer. I fear that you're not going to be able to watch it.
2: No, I mean, I, I, I watched Fap to the Future, which is the, uh, the porno version. That did you what...
1: actually watch it? Did you actually watch it, or did you have to, like, go to the bathroom every,
0: like, two seconds? I thought Eric said he was filming it.
1: (laughs) uh, It originated with Eric. Uh, That's unfortunate. Uh, Did you actually watch Fab of the Future? I mean, there's no judging here. No,
2: I I didn't actually watch it.
1: Really? Uh, I'm kind of judging you now. I
2: sort of wanted to before this podcast, but just didn't get around to it.
1: Uh, I'm really judging you now that you actually (laughs) wanted to watch it. Because if there's one thing I know, it's that porn parodies are awful. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) All right, so what have I been up to? I have not been fapping to the future. I have not been watching the cartoon Back to the Future. I have been watching The Wire, which I know Eric loves that show.
2: That was a great show. Yeah,
1: I mean I'm rewatching it, so this is my second time through it. So incredible show. It's incredibly hard to watch anything uh, on a like regular basis with a kid. So it's probably gonna take me like another several months. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's start with let's start talking about Back to the Future now because. Uh, I'm assuming this is a movie that we all loved in, back in the day. The only person I don't think I've ever talked about this movie with was, was Eric. I'm pretty sure I watched it with Scott. But uh, I'm going to start with you this time, Anthony, because I know this is one of, your, one of the movies you wanted to talk about. When was the first time you watched it? Is today actually the first time you watched it? And if not, how did the movie change uh, upon rewatching it for you?
3: Wow. Well, this is one of the few movies which I've actually seen multiple <laughs> times, actually. Oh, wow. Multiple times in full, and I actually don't remember when I first saw it the whole way through. Probably in the 90s at some point. Uh, I do remember uh, back in the day, going to, again, I think it was Universal Studios. They had the Back to the Future ride. Was it Universal? Ooh, yeah.
1: No, I, I mean, it's probably or, Universal. Or was it Disney World? Universal, Universal does all the things. I think rides. it was
3: Universal. I remember going on that ride, and it was like this gigantic DeLorean which fit eight people. Totally unrealistic. No, <laughs> yeah. but it, w- it was one of those rides where it was just like, it just moved, right? It was stationary, but it moved, and then there was a big screen in front of you which showed you driving around and stuff. So it was really cool, actually. And uh, I'll never forget that. That was fun. But the movie itself, um, I feel like this is one of those movies that just keeps entertaining me every time I see it. It's just a movie I can just go back to and flip it on on the TV, and no matter where it's at in the movie, I'll enjoy it. I'll watch it through. Sweet.
1: And so when was the last time you saw it before today? I'm assuming you rewatch it today.
3: I did rewatch it today. Minutes. Minutes before I used the bathroom before this.
1: Just in time. <laughs> Just in time. And uh, no, back, no future jokes or back to the future jokes there?
3: No. Ooh. Oh, wow. Well, that I'm... sucks. <laughs> no. uh, before that, I think it was I'm last sorry, year. Chandra,
2: I just
1: love how nobody is. Uh... <laughs> That's all right. We're trying That's to sorry. tear you down. <laughs> uh, uh, it's all right. I'm, I'm sure to get a rise out of someone. Maybe if we watch Fab to the Future, everyone will get a rise.
2: But, uh... Oh, <laughs> no, Wait, I don't get it, Chandra. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, go ahead, Anthony.
2: I'm done, man. So oh,
1: don't
3: tell your jokes
1: today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is weak sauce. We'll warm but... up to you. Uh I mean, yeah. I guess you guys haven't seen me in a long time. <laughs> so, all right, we'll go. We'll go to you, Scott. When uh, when was the first time you saw this movie? What'd you think of it then? What'd you think? And when did you? What'd you think of it now? Did your opinion change at all?
0: Um, uh, I don't. I was probably like five or six when I first saw it. I don't exactly remember when, but I remember loving the movie just because I don't know Marty was was cool, and uh, I wanted to get a DeLorean and travel to the future or the past. I thought that'd be really fun. So that was my goal growing up. Get DeLorean <laughs> so I go to the future or the past. Um.
1: <coughs> it's got to be a disappointing, disappointing childhood. If no. that's your if that's your goal.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. you got to start somewhere.
1: Well, you know, compared to when you
2: were a kid, you, you are in the future now. Yeah, I guess but, I made that's it. True. But <laughs> it. Eric, right. that was
1: hilarious. Yeah. That,
3: that yeah, was I so know. funny, but, Eric. Bravo.
1: But also, Eric, you're missing the key part of Scott's childhood, which is that he wishes he had a DeLorean to take him to the future, not that he could just live to the
0: future. <laughs> that's true. I did want the DeLorean. That was important.
1: Yeah. yeah so, Eric, way to know your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that DeLorean will just rust on you. Ignore Eric's rust jo- joke
0: uh oh yeah the movie now um yeah it was good i enjoyed it um i remember it being like a kind of a family-friendly movie because there's there's no way my parents would let me watch it when i was a kid and so watching it this time it was pretty family-friendly there were a few scenes i was like i'm surprised this is in here but uh the movie was was surprisingly very funny still uh I, i enjoyed it do you watch it a lot still
1: or have is this like the have you seen it recently
0: are you or talking was, about like in college when we yeah, used to always P. say we were going to watch it and we never did? We didn't
1: watch it in college?
0: Remember, we would set up to watch the whole marathon and then after and we about didn't? 10 minutes, uh, either I would fall asleep or you'd get bored or something would happen. And then we would. There's no way I got bored. It.
1: I would re- rewatch things ad nauseum. I may have fallen asleep. You would have gotten bored and played SimCity on my computer and I would have gotten okay. pissed about that. I probably, but, uh,
0: <laughs> I probably got bored. Or fell asleep because we always tried to start the marathons at like two in the morning. But yeah, yeah we—I pr- <clears throat> think we tried to do it like ten times.
1: <laughs> yes, and we failed. Well, we did watch the Indiana Jones trilogy, but uh, surprised we didn't get through the Back to the Future trilogy. Now, John,
0: that's you're, you're not going to tell me they like made
1: some fourth movie that's awful, right? No, like with Indiana Jones. I mean, do you want me to tell you that
0: it's in the works?
1: They had a they had a Jimmy they had a Jimmy Fallon special like in 2015 where they had Christopher Lloyd and Marty McFly. I mean, uh Michael J. Fox come on, so they had a pseudo sequel. I just watched it moments ago. It was not very good, but it <laughs> it, was, it, it did tap my nostalgia. But uh, what about you, Eric? When was uh same question I asked the other guys? You know what question I'm asking uh, you?
2: I can't remember when I first saw it. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I like you know probably five, six years old, seven.
1: I don't know. Are you copying Scott's answer? That's <laughs> <Yep.
0: laughs> the truth. <laughs> I'm just gonna repeat everything I said. Yeah. Eric he wanted the Delorean, Delorean he, was, so he yeah. Yeah. the future. <laughs> Exactly.
2: You know, I wanted a DeLorean so I could go to the future and, and watch hey, this you rust made it and, and enjoy oh, yeah. that underpowered V6.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the only problem
1: with DeLoreans is that they rust. <laughs> oh,
0: wait. Was I supposed to say Eric. that? Yeah, that DeLorean no, rusts on I'm you, Eric.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I lost track of who's who. I still think I'm Lorraine Baines, so I'm uh, still a bit confused. But, uh, all, all right, right back right, to you. Mom. He never calls her mom. <laughs> he just goes Lorraine he says, repeatedly, ma. and then I... You're my ma. Yeah.
0: Ma. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Eric, so, back to you. I don't even remember. What... Oh, yeah, so, how'd you, what'd you think of Back to the Future now, upon rewatch?
2: It was good. It was enjoyable. I, I've just seen this too many times. Like, in Not my possible. Life, I've just seen Not it possible. far too many times.
3: <laughs> but you'll watch Terminator... Way too many times. Well, yeah, but like okay that's like
2: my all-time favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, like, if I would if you put Back to the Future on right now, though, I would watch it. I mean, two weeks ago, Back to the Future 2 was on TV. I watched half of it.
1: Oh, my least favorite, Back to the Future. But we'll save that for the rankings. They're, whoa, whoa. They're, fun,
2: they're fun movies. I'll watch them anytime.
1: That sounds like a threat, Eric. <laughs> anytime anywhere yeah, well, all right fine uh, i've I'm, been I'm, I'm suitably i'm suitably scared now so i'll go i'll go ahead and answer the question that i've asked but uh why don't you make so, like a
2: tree and get out of here
1: you already did that before we were recording yeah well, we recording. it didn't work i know but it didn't work then it doesn't work now yeah but i had to get it in uh, nice good call eric
2: you're like a screen door on a battleship
1: <laughs> That's from the second one. <laughs> stop! Stop! Like, yeah. Stop contaminating this with uh, jokes from the second one. Yeah, jokes the other from the one, future. Yeah, the, yeah, jokes from the future. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what are you chicken? You guys notice that there's no? He's not chicken. He doesn't give a shit about being called chicken in this movie because that wasn't a character trait in this movie. But back to me, back to my thoughts on the movie. So I saw Back to the Future. 2 what first I, I want
2: that Toyota.
1: That 4, yeah, so actually, four That truck four? is awesome. That no, that thing is hot. Why wasn't that the time machine, Eric? You can't say it's that sick. You have to use the quote from the movie. Why wasn't that the time machine? <laughs> like, I mean, it, I mean, it was a nice, it was a nice truck, but that would be very uniconic as a time machine. I guess Eric's childhood agrees. he <laughs> Eric's childhood he wished that that Toyota was made into a time machine so he could go into the future. But all right, we've digressed into that far too much. But uh, so I, I first saw Back to the Future two when I was a kid. Which was a big mistake because I didn't understand anything going on in that movie because there were multiple Marty's, multiple time like uh, timelines going on, and I didn't understand why there were multiple timelines because kind of had to see the first one. Michael J. Fox played
2: Marty's daughter.
1: Yeah, but I didn't. Know, I couldn't tell that. And when I was watching it <laughs> as a kid, so then we, my family, rented the first one and we watched it. And I think I was probably like ten or so. And yeah, I loved it. I, I mean, super fun. Super like super funny like i mean i never failed to laugh at this movie i mean all the jokes work for me even now you know most of the movies i watch are way more like dramatic this is just like a fun time and always have loved it always will love it so nothing changed for me in that facet uh upon watching it again this past week all right well so back to the future marty mcfly uh in 1985 aspiring rock star he uh he ends up going back in time when his uh his eccentric friend doc brown uh builds a time machine out of a delorean and he screws up the past with his uh his parents uh his parents inevitable meeting is made less inevitable when he uh, interferes in that so he has to fix that and he has to get back to the future to uh back to 1985 but um just generally what do you guys think of the plot in general
3: i thought it was ingenious Oh, and I'm not Eric. I know,
1: but that's
3: <laughs> all right. I have to say, upon rewatching this, I'm like, man, this is a such a clever plot. Yeah, so clever, and and the way they try to close up all the plot holes and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. it's not perfect. First of all, what the hell is he if friends with this weird doctor?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's the
3: one thing they never explained. Weird scientist. They purposely didn't explain. And, and that, And he's too. a high school kid.
1: They purposely didn't explain that some like some studio head was asking them like. uh why, uh, don't, we need to know why he was friends with, uh, Doc. They're like, oh, let's just, let's not waste any time on that. Yeah, just assume, oh, there's like an eccentric guy who everyone told him not to hang out with, and every teenager's gonna say, oh, screw that, I'm gonna well, go hang out know, with this I guy. You I think
2: actually, I want to take back what I said. They do answer the question. He's hanging out with him to use that ginormous amplifier
1: for his guitar. That's the sole reason he uses Doc. <laughs> I guess exactly.
3: one could infer that, yeah. but...
1: He uses Doc for He's not actually friends with him. He completely <laughs> just uses him for his sound equipment.
3: <laughs> I mean, uh, look, time travel is is such a cool subject, and especially back in when this was made, I think it really fulfilled a lot of people's dreams. Like, what would it be like if I could go back in time to see it on the big screen?
2: I mean, this is this is one year after the Terminator. I think six years prior to Time Cop. Uh,
3: Star Trek had a few episodes of going back in time. Time machine's amazing. It's an amazing subject. Well, so
1: I'll tell. Talk my thoughts about the plot. So I think what struck me this time watching it was, I mean, the movie didn't improve or get worse or anything for me. But what changed for me was I was like, this movie is is sci-fi, but it's mostly it's mostly about Marty in the past hanging out with his parents. Which it's so it's like I was like, oh, it's like less an adventure movie and more like a a comedy, uh, just like a you know like a fun comedy. As I was watching, I'm like the this movie. Like, so the time travel stuff is a lot of fun, but that all sort of goes on the back burner, you know, like Marty has to, you know, fix what he's screwed up with his parents. But, uh, you know, that and, you know, that's all got to do with time travel. But I've, I just love all the interactions between him and his family or it is him and his parents. And that's like the bulk of the movie. And I was struck by how the time travel aspect is, you know, there's just the bit in the beginning and then there's the bit at the end. And the rest is just like, you know, this comedy with him hanging out with his parents in the past. So, which is a huge contrast to the second movie, which was the first first one in the series that I saw, because the second movie is just like all over the place with them going back in time, back to 1955 again, going into the future, and going and all sorts of time traveling hijinks. So I kind of like I like the uh, the simple nature of the plot in this movie. What about you, Eric? It's enjoyable. It's it's, it's
2: it's very fun it's very enjoyable I do like the time travel aspect because it just uh, it just adds something to it you know like if it was like a genie sent him back in time that wouldn't be as cool I, I like that it's like a scientific machine it just it, it's, it inspires your imagination especially when you're a kid
0: the machine rusts though you know that right yeah that... <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah yeah the genie de- genie won't rust but the, the vase that the genie is in might <laughs> if it's made out of metal but uh <laughs> What about you,
0: Scott? What do you think of the plot? I liked it. It was good. Um, rewatching it, I was trying to pay a little more attention to everything going on. And it looked like the whole movie was just a big accident. Because really, it looks like Marty <laughs> is just trying to escape the terrorists and not get shot. And so he's driving. and I don't even think he understands that going 88 miles an hour will put him into the future. Because he's turning. And he, he's really just trying not to die. And then all of a sudden, yeah. well, they, they he's sure, going... He
2: accidentally hit the time lever
0: right yeah. exactly yeah so yeah. really the whole thing is just an accident and so now he's in the and yeah. he doesn't
2: understand any of that technology
0: uh, yeah he's a high school kid so now he's in the past and he's like well how do i get back okay i'll find doc so he does that and he didn't mean to go back and see his parents so he just you know he's sitting at the whatever that the soda yeah. shop whatever it's called
3: the,
1: yeah
0: and the sees dad, his dad the he's like oh crap it's yeah. my dad and of course he's trying to protect him <laughs> And then just, yeah. Just... I like
3: the way he explained things.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? You you want to say, like, no, you shouldn't interfere. But this move, movie set that sort of example for future well, time travel movies that you can't interfere with the past. like yeah. Before this movie, who would have, you know, why would he even think not to do anything? Yeah. It, it would no, just be natural for him to to stand up for his dad.
1: And I, I think that was a big thing with the plot, like, because all the time travel movies prior to this, I think a lot of, like uh, Robert Zemeckis and Robert Gale, who. Uh, Robert Gale was a producer and Zemeckis was the the director, but they're the ones who came up with the idea. I think when they were pitching this to studios before that, all the studios were like, oh, like thinking like, well, first of all, they got rejected a bunch of times. Basically, all movies before that, like time travel, the past was already set, like nothing could actually change. And they wanted to make a big thing of the, like where everything you do in the past can change the future, which I think is awesome. But going back to you, Scott, saying how uh, everything was a big mistake. Don't you think Doc is kind of responsible for not explaining sufficiently any of the any of the like mechanics of uh, how to deal with time travel? Like, I feel like Doc gives him like the bare minimum of well, information. yeah,
0: I, I think Doc well, doesn't know well, anything, think- but I don't think Doc knows anything. Mm-hmm. That guy is insane. Squillius, well,
1: <laughs> he has no Doc, idea. Doc- yeah, Doc is Doc is literally making it up as he goes. There, there's a reason exactly.
2: everyone else says stay away from him. He's like yeah. a mad scientist. Yeah, he, he <laughs> didn't properly vet his experiment. I mean, he's yeah. he's, he's doing God. this test in a instead of going to some big corporation and trying to sell it, he's doing the test in a mall parking lot. Well, uh,
1: also yep. as I mean, the movie implies that the time machine is like his first invention that actually works. Why would you tell if every other invention you've done has failed? Why would you put your dog in the time machine and test it on that?
2: Oh, I dog, he, didn't
0: he do something with the clocks beforehand because he was excited that they were That's all twenty five minutes I mean, slow? Yeah,
2: that they were all. I think he just.
0: I think he just set it, them it, behind twenty five minutes, and he was excited yeah. that it worked. <laughs>
2: And is the, that first, rude? the
1: first sequence of the movie, he made. He has all those Rube Goldberg machines, and none of them work. <laughs> but the clocks thing is that really an invention? That's that's him setting his clocks twenty five minutes early. I, I like, think but that's it point that he it thinks worked. That's, think an that's an accomplishment the first thing that it actually
2: It actually functions.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so well, Doc, you, you know the the real problem is that it, it's really the Libyans' fault.
0: Oh well, yes, that is true. It is actually, the they should fault, be credited with the invention because it would never happen if they didn't shoot Doc. <laughs> he, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Doc, Doc, if he was any sort
1: of, like, noble character, would then, like, go public and say, you know, I invented this, but shout out to the Libyan terrorists who I supplied parts to <laughs> and got plutonium from. They were they were the real heroes here.
2: Uh, also, Doc's a national security threat.
1: Doc is a threat to everyone.
2: He's accepting like, stolen plutonium from a reactor, which, remember, when they're watching TV, someone's talking about it? <laughs> yeah. yeah but, I mean... Doc, Doc. Yeah, you know, actually, it's funny. The plutonium is in the first scene of the movie where Marty goes to um, yeah, play his guitar. Yeah, it's like no, under mean, one of the shells. They they show it, which you never would have paid attention to if you're just watching this movie. New.
1: Oh yeah. Well, literally every scene in this movie feels like it's either you know it's either pa- setting up something for later in the movie or it's paying off something earlier in the movie. So like, you know, Marty, like yeah. So the plutonium, the plutonium gag. You see the plutonium can't cart because you're gonna we're gonna learn about it later. And Marty skateboarding in the fut in the past and hitching on the ride of the on the back of this truck is, you know, so that he can uh then invent the skateboard later on in when he's back in nineteen fifty five. So like and then he's drinking Pepsi for, or sugar free Pepsi in the past, he's drinking it or he's drinking it in nineteen eighty five, drinking it in nineteen fifty five. Like everything is set up earlier. You
2: know, Pepsi free was not sugar free, it was caffeine free.
1: Ah, my bad. But he asked for it for sugar. He asked for it without sugar when he's uh I he's think they the did it on
2: purpose because they had to make that joke.
1: Because they, they wanted the joke a, where the, uh, the uh, joke guy ca- behind the counter thinks he's asking for everything for free. Was that joke not possible if he replaced the word sugar with caffeine? Because he says, just give me something without sugar. If he had said, give me something without caffeine, would the joke not have worked? I don't know. I didn't write it, man. <laughs> Eric,
0: <laughs> Eric, did you just this walk out of This is the exact that? same logic that uh, the Doc employs. <laughs> He invents something that says, I don't know if it works, I don't know how it works, but here yeah. it is. I just invented it.
1: Oh man. Eric, Eric would have taken a, quite a shining to uh to doc. You probably Eric would have been the most susceptible Dude, to like hanging out with Doc. D- d- you doc know, like. does an
0: experiment
2: like I would have. Like I would have tested my time machine in the vault parking lot. And just been like, eh, let's see what
1: happens. <laughs> Eric, are you sure you would have? I feel like one of us could have talked you easily into skipping every step and then like uh uh, and just, uh,
2: I, I feel like I would have uh, started putting my time machine together and then been like, fuck it, I'm bored. <laughs> just,
1: that would be the end of that.
0: <laughs> it does sound like Eric. I could see Eric setting his clocks back 25 minutes and saying at work. And that was his time experiment. <laughs> He's like, there right, you I know, go, I've it. You know, you
2: know what's funny? My, my All my clocks in my apartment are uh, 10 minutes behind so that when I wake up in the morning, I think I have to go to work quicker than I actually do.
1: And then do uh, like teenagers walk into your house and then claim that your clock's being set back ten minutes uh, are the reason no, they're late no, to no. school.
2: There's, uh, no teenagers in my house. Oh thank god.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm glad Eric took that
2: question. Unless A- we're talking about
3: like my <laughs> maturity level. He really jumped his own defense. Eric Now I'm
1: starting to alarm, wonder. Alarm bells <laughs> went off in <laughs> Eric's head, like, Oh my god, they're gonna think I hang out with teenagers. I need to get out ahead of this. No teenagers in my house. Okay, no teenagers hey man, in my Doc's house. Like,
2: Doc's like 60 and he hangs out with teenagers.
1: <laughs> wow, <They're> Eric. <laughs> Eric is shaming uh old people who hang out with the youngins. This is uh this is not what I wanted with this podcast. Like I didn't I wanted this to be very inclusive, but Eric, you are you are an awful person. <laughs> but uh let's uh, talk about the characters since we are talking about the characters. Let's start with Marty. I'll start us off. So Michael J. Fox basically plays this really Cool character who, when I watched this the first time, I'm like, man, this guy's so much cooler than me. Like, I wish I could be his friend. And, uh, I always thought he was like so awesome, which it always, but now when I watch it now, I'm like struck by the fact that he's supposed to be sort of, I mean, he's like, he's all right, but he's, he's got his insecurities about, you know, he, you know, they, Huey Lewis, uh, rejects his, uh, his audition for the playing for the dance and, he immediately wants to give up on it, which I think is something I never noticed when I was a kid. I never noticed that he was, like, you know, hard on himself or, like, beating himself up or whatever or worried about getting rejected. So when I watched this first time, I thought he was, like, so cool. Now I'm like, oh, he's more relatable, which is weird because now I'm 36 years old. I shouldn't be relating to a 17-year-old. No, what, I, I would you guys assume he's think? eight. I just Not 17, geez, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Eric wants Eric, to be
3: legal. He's got
1: his license. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's Eric, 18, Eric, it's okay. Want, I get the feeling that Eric's been giving him alcohol and Eric wants everyone to know that he's uh, <laughs> he's, he's able to actually... Wait, 21 is the drinking age, what am I talking about?
2: Back there, okay, probably been 18. Speaking of alcohol, though, if, if you guys have ever had uh, Unibrew's La Fin du Monde amazing beer, sorry for that sidebar. Thank
0: you, Eric. <laughs>
1: A very, a very uh, important point made by Eric Swordlove. Good job.
0: I hope they're uh, paying some advertisement money to this cast.
1: Yeah, we are. We are not getting any money. We have screwed up here. Apparently, no Eric Eric I mean, Eric, I think Eric was making a clever allusion to the amount of product placement in this movie. Yeah.
2: I also happen to be drinking that right now.
1: Once again, Eric, right to his defense. <laughs> But uh, all right. What else, what do you guys think about Marty?
0: Uh, yeah, I I I like you said. I thought he was really cool when I was younger. I mean, I I think he's cool now. But uh, yeah, what you brought <laughs> up is interesting because it seems like, you know, his dad is his parents are kind of uh what did that principal say they're slackers. His dad was a slacker. Yeah, and it just seems yeah. like he's kind of embarrassed by his parents and doesn't want to be like them. But then there's, like, hints yeah. of it showing up, like when you mentioned in the audition. And I almost wonder if that's yeah. why he's kind of hanging out with Doc is because he's like, well, I don't want to be like my parents. What other weird person can I latch oh, on yeah. to? Oh, this weird doctor. He needs a friend. I'll <laughs> hang out with him. Except
2: it it's funny because Marty doesn't understand, like, anything about science.
0: No. Yeah, but I, well, Apparently I mean, Doc doesn't either. But there's a giant amp. That amp is the size of Marty. I mean, when they showed it, <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't remember it being that big.
3: Yeah, also his ears would have been completely blown out. Yeah, he's deaf for the rest <laughs> of the movie. So, what, so Doc? the
1: reason he went over ninety miles per hour is because when Doc told him you need to go eighty eight miles per hour, he literally couldn't hear. <laughs> so he was just trying to escape. He didn't know anything about time travel or anything. Also, oh, so any
2: um any cart people here? I don't think DeLoreans can go ninety five miles an hour. They can go ninety five.
1: All right. Well we answered that. Yep, there so- you go. There you have it. <laughs> Anthony Anthony cool right, I looked
2: re- it up. The top speed is 109.
1: Why did you think they couldn't? <laughs> like what what Launched, I thought like, I wait, read
2: what? oh, you know what I read? The speedometer only goes to 85. That's what it was. The car yeah. can go faster, but the speedometer only goes to 85. No, but the in car in the movie
0: has those like thingies on the side. So of course it can go faster. I don't know what those do, but they look cool.
1: I think they're supposed to be like the exhaust for like the new the plutonium or something. Like the The
0: car
3: itself is not that like fast. It's not like a like a yeah. sports car. Right, like it it just looks, looks like a sports
2: car, but it's got an underpowered V six.
0: No, in the in the movie, remember he was saying you can't get up to eighty eight on that stretch of road, and the road is like five miles. So they they know that the car's not fast in the movie.
1: <laughs> well, you know what's
0: weird? It's a
2: cool looking car though, like with the doors that open up like uh, oh for to sure. the side,
3: like it's a Lamborghini. Doors,
1: yeah. Uh, really quick though. At the end, when he says we can't make we can't hit eighty eight on this stretch of road, literally five minutes earlier, Doc hit 88 on that road to go into the future so i don't know what marty was thinking but
0: uh, uh there was construction you know when, <laughs> yes. when marty's filming
1: and, and doc pulls
2: him right in front of the car like yeah. i would have just stood there and filmed i would have been like what are you fucking nuts <laughs>
1: uh, Mar- doc held him doc yeah well and here's the here's the thing that i learned about this movie doc is a horribly toxic relationship for marty like, just a deplorable <laughs> human being. He could have been killed. I mean, the movie could have ended in 20 minutes. Like, like, like
2: what if the car didn't go back to the future and it just ran them over?
1: Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> None the
2: of this other inventions. Think, I'm sorry. In, in that clip, the car, the car goes forward one minute into the future. My bad. This
1: is probably why Doc actually. We talked about why Marty might have hung out with Doc. Doc probably doesn't want to hang out with anyone too sharp. Because he doesn't want anyone to question any of his logic, mm. and so uh, That's a good point. Marty Marty was a nice and impressionable youth for him. But, yeah, uh, he kind of went
0: along karooned. with everything. Also, yeah. you know,
1: you know what I was thinking during that scene. No, I don't. Christopher Lloyd is insanely tall. He is. He's like six five. He had to hunch over for all his uh, scenes throughout the movie, basically, because Michael J. Fox is like five five or something like that. But uh, Anthony, what'd you what'd you think about Marty?
3: I thought his character was great. I think uh, you know y- you hear the the story that um stoltz marty was actually played initially by eric stoltz and i've seen some of those clips and you just don't get that the character the real like michael j fox just has that
2: personality right
3: he does and it's perfect it really does i i couldn't even imagine it without him yeah all the characters i I have to say
1: marty's got that spastic like it's almost it's like cool but also spastic at the same time it's like yeah. So endearing throughout the entire movie. Like, I thought he looked so cool, but like watching it now, I'm like, he's so bumbling throughout the movie. <laughs> it's it's he's hilarious. He's always trying
3: to like clean up his mess and just keeps creating another one.
1: Eric and Scott, do you guys know about the Eric Stoltz thing?
2: Yeah. I did, actually, in the in some of the scenes where uh Marty's driving away from the Libyans, that's actually not um Michael J. Fox. And but they didn't refilm the scene, they kept the footage.
1: Yeah. And I mean Eric Stoltz apparently was way too uh they wanted Michael J. Fox, like Robert Zemeckis wanted Michael J. Fox, like, initially, but uh, couldn't get him because he was doing Family Ties. And uh,
2: Is this movie before or after Teen Wolf?
1: I think it's before. I think it's before. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is before. Michael J. Fox was unavailable because of Family Ties. Robert Zemeckis or Steven Spielberg or someone asked, asked the showrunner of Family Ties to let Michael J. Fox know that they were interested in having him on Back to the Future. And that guy uh, kept the news from him so that uh, he wouldn't leave the show. But then when Eric Stoltz was uh, not doing a good job as Marty would fly, they finally got the word to Michael J. Fox, who like took the part without reading a script at all. Eric Stoltz apparently played the part super dramatically and like with minimal humor. And so they had to fire him midway through. Yeah, the I mean, th- this
2: is supposed to be a funny
1: movie. Yeah. And Robert Zemeckis said that was like the hardest part. Like they're making all these
2: in... jokes when Marty's in the past about things are in the future versus the past.
1: Well... And Eric Stoltz apparently was, like, a method actor and, like, so insisted everyone call him Marty and wouldn't answer to, like, Eric or anything. Oh, man, Eric would be happy about that.
2: Yeah, guys, I I only go by Marty starting
1: right now. No, you go away by Swerty. <laughs> I should have gone with Swerd Lee. Ah, oh, whatever. I don't care. So he was a method actor and he was super in character throughout. And the guy who played Biff, Thomas Wilson, apparently was, like, uh, in the scene in the cafeteria where... Uh, they're shoving each other. Eric Stoltz kept shoving him as hard as he could. And Thomas Wilson, who's apparently a really nice guy, big softy, was like, can you stop Like, do, shoving me as hard as possible? And Eric Stoltz kept like basically punching him like in the collarbone, almost broke his collarbone. So Thomas Wilson got so pissed that when they were going to film the scene uh, where he punches Marty in the stomach when he's uh, towards the end of the movie, he was planning on really punching him as hard as he could but by then Eric Stoltz had been fired so he never got his got to uh, get back at Eric Stoltz Oh poor well, I, I think
2: that's a good segue into Thomas Wilson. I I think he kills it as Biff.
1: We got to get your thoughts on Marty first though.
2: Well, Michael J Fox nails it. I think I made that clear already. And I mean look, Mar- Marty is Like you said, he's, like, this cool kid, and I think that really appeals to, like, the audience, you know? He skateboards, he plays guitar, he listens to Van Halen. You know, but he's, like, especially the contrast between him and George McFly. Like, Marty always knows what to do, what to say. He stands up to Biff, whereas uh, he's on top of shit. He's a cool kid. He does have his little insecurities, but, you know, he thinks his dad's a loser.
1: Oh, man. I think we... We've all probably thought that at some point in our lives. It's interesting. The whole thing about his dad being a loser, Bob Gale came up with the idea of the movie because he saw a picture of his parents like in high school and was literally just thinking like, would I have been friends with my dad in high school? Probably not. The whole premise of the movie was basically, um, to just have Marty meet up with his parents and see how, you know, see how those interactions would go. But, uh, let's move to Doc since we talked about him a little bit and he is the second main character in the movie. What do you think about him? Well, stick with you, Eric. What do you think of Doc in general, Christopher Lloyd and Doc? Christopher
2: Lloyd nails it. He he is great at playing a crazy person. <laughs> he's uh, he's Judge Doom and Roger Rabbit, which I think was also uh, Zemeckis. Uh, I, I I love him. He makes the movie.
1: What also surprised me on this rewatch was that he's not in the movie as much as I thought. I think he's in the sequel way in more. In the
2: sequel, I mean, he, like I always think of these as all three together because they just. You know, the second and the third one were filmed at the same time and released separately, and the, the second one starts off exactly where the first one ends. It's like, you know, you I've seen all these movies so many times since I was a kid, I just think of them all as one big movie. And and Christopher Boyd nails it. I mean, he that was a great casting job. Probably better than casting Michael J.
1: Fox's Marty. Geez, it's not a competition, man. <laughs> but I mean, no, I I I mean, I love Marty because he's he's the main character, and without him being like Michael J. Fox's performance. The movie would have suffered, but like the scenes with Christopher Lloyd are amazing because well, he's, he, he's just so eccentric he's and that's so, so perfect for the well, character. And some of the some of his lines are like when he goes, Do you know what this means? It means that this damn thing doesn't work at all.
2: Also, segue in the Scott, he keeps saying great Scott.
1: <laughs> that's the reason I like <laughs> it. That's the only reason. All right, let's go to your Call thoughts him great on great Scott from now on. Yeah, let's go to your thoughts on, <clears throat> on Doc Great Scott.
0: Well, yeah, to start out, the, your, your line that you just quoted from the movie pretty much encapsulates everything that Doc is. It's like, do you yeah. know what this means? And you're like, oh, he finally understands that Marty's from the future. No, he doesn't understand that at all. He, he realizes that his experiment doesn't work, which I don't know why he's surprised by that. That scene is, is like, yeah, this is who he is. Throughout the yeah. movie, you know, Christopher Lloyd does a great job. He is a crazy person. But, man, I just admire how wide his eyes get every time anything happens. <laughs>
2: but, you know, and I, it's I like think he's everything partially is... based on uh, Einstein because Einstein was a little, um, you know, he wasn't all there. Yeah,
0: no, he did. He based he
1: based it off Einstein and one other guy. I can't remember the, who else. But uh,
0: anytime there's a scene with Doc, I'm just like, OK, what's going to happen now? You know, I know his eyes are going to get really wide. <laughs> I know something ridiculous is going to happen. I mean, you know, at the end, when I thought I was used to his anthology, Shows up and starts digging through the trash to throw it in the car. And, you know, of course, Marty's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, this is the energy now. So, uh, yeah, he's great. He's entertaining. Always, uh, always exciting with him showing up in a scene.
1: Yeah. What what about you, Anthony? I
3: I love when he's at the end when he's pouring the beer down into the the tank and then he just throws the can anyway. It's like, (laughs) what's the point of pouring (laughs) it out there? Yeah. Those little things are what makes it. Yeah, the, the little things. Well, yeah. One of the funniest moments, and it's gonna seem so weird to you guys, but was when he's on the clock tower and he's like trying to reach the the cable that was unplugged, and then like he's like trying to climb around the the the, um, the gargoyle yeah. uh, part and the the flash of lightning, and then it like. He gets so scared of it. <laughs> and just his reaction was hilarious. And it's like those little things about the way he acts, the character, yeah. are what makes his character for me. Uh, I thought he did a great job, just to echo everyone's,
1: Yeah, and I mean, I've seen this movie so many times, but hit every one of his lines, like when he's uh, telling Marty that your mother's amorously infatuated with you, and then he's like, look, there's a rhythmic ceremonial ritual going on, on this weekend or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. Rhythmics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> heavy. Yeah. there's that word again yeah, the, heavy, the heavy back and forth is awesome too it's, he's so good like uh, is something in the future affected the earth's gravitational pull yeah. <laughs> hey. oh man Christopher Lloyd is awesome and like he was actually the probably the reason I started watching Back to the Future 2 again like this week because I, I know I want to do that movie well that's like, what I saying. He, he makes the movie yeah he I'm, really like, does because I, I don't remember all of his lines in the other two movies so I'm like Constantly excited when he's like talking in as I'm watching the second one, but uh, he's great. I really like that they gave him like an action scene at the end too, like that he got to like that the whole, you know, the entire experiment was like falling apart and he had to actually like, you know, in the nick of time, like swing down and save the day. And he's like, cause he looks so, you know, not a prototypical he, like action hero and he's like swinging down the, down the power cord and he sounds like completely in over his head as he's like, frantically going and like and uh i don't know doc is awesome that's
0: why doc's a good friend yeah
1: and i know how many of you would have done that for me
0: i don't know that he did it for marty i think he just did it for his experiment because you know earlier when the car goes into the future he's standing right in front of it so if if the experiment doesn't work he's dead and so for the lightning i think he just really needs that experiment to work and he doesn't care about getting electrocuted or whatever as long as the experiment works i mean this is his first success
2: Do we have have any scientists here? What would happen in real life if you're holding two heavily insulated cords and you put them together as lightning is striking?
0: Would that kill you or because of the insulation, does it do nothing? If you're not grounded, you should be fine, right? If you're wearing like heavy rubber boots or something like that, I think you're okay.
3: I don't think we're qualified for this conversation.
0: Uh, Yeah, as long as you're not grounded, I think you're fine. I think if you're grounded, you're probably screwed. There are people that have been struck by lightning and they've survived. I just want to say, we've got
2: like four reject engineers on this call.
1: Hey, how am I a reject engineer? I, I oh, yes,
2: graduated. You actually, you're actually graduated. There. My bad. Yeah, I
0: worked for <laughs> years <laughs> as an engineer. You no, know I, I worked on a, a bitch. lab, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Eric. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Eric Eric insulting everyone. All right,
2: fine, fine. Only two of us dropped out of engineering.
0: I feel like Eric has three mirrors over there that he's talking to. <laughs> <Three>. <laughs> <laughs> There's four of us in here all drinking a beer. Uh,
3: that took me two seconds to figure that one out. <laughs> that, that was a good insult. <laughs>
0: Uh, sorry <laughs> oh man that's, All right, that's so, why we
1: bring scott on he's, he's the insult master that's why we have anthony on to ex- clearly explain the understanding of the joke
2: <laughs> for listeners
3: like eric yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you know,
2: uh, you know our fan base is not that big i might be one of the few listeners
3: our fan base could no you, you clearly are not one of the listeners <laughs>
1: I, i've listened to two of them
3: no eric started lis-
1: eric started listening to them
3: oh, so,
2: it's so actually pretty them. enjoyable wow
1: i, I had that, never I, listened
2: to a podcast before we started doing this
1: well i'm disappointed that you only think it's pretty enjoyable but i uh i'll work harder to make it purely enjoyable for you all right let's get back to the characters we've digressed on insulting all of us like enough here so uh, let's talk uh let's talk about uh marty's parents uh let's start with lorraine lorraine baines played by uh leah thompson anthony what do you think about this stone cold fox
3: man i think she does a a serviceable job of um showing her interest serviceable. in serviceable you say
1: serviceable like yeah. serviceable means like mediocre basically
3: i think she does a good she doesn't stand out as a character for me
1: okay okay
3: i only wanted to say that because uh um i thought that the other parent yeah played by crispin glover yeah i thought he was incredibly underrated in this movie i thought he actually did such an incredible job playing george yeah and uh, when you go back and watch him, his his character—he's he's nervous, uh, <laughs> can't really handle pressure, type of guy. Yeah. And I, I mean, just every little thing he does, he is a, like a you know kind of a strange personality in real life. Yeah, yep, is, is what I've heard.
2: Even at the beginning of the movie, when um when he's watching TV at their family dinner in 1985, and he's just not listening to a word anyone says and is cracking up at the TV from like some yeah. show <laughs> from the 50s, <laughs> and it's just the way he laughs, like it's that, <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh-
3: <laughs> yeah, he's really into the character.
1: I mean, I agree with you, Anthony. I mean, I, I probably give Leah Thompson a little bit more credit, but, I mean, Chrisman Glover Glover is probably my favorite character in the movie, even beyond Doc, Is I mean, I can relate to being an awkward, nervous, bumbling fool, which I guess both of those characters were that. And so it's a shame that he's both. not in the
3: second one, you know?
1: Well, I mean, I mean, Crispin Glover apparently was super hard to work with in this movie, like, demanding, like, for... For example, the last scene, you know, when they're back in the back in 1985 and Mar uh George and Lorraine are like now normal parents. Uh Chrisman Glover apparently had a big thing with uh the director saying like this is so unrealistic. He should not be like completely normal. He should be like some he should have like a cut-off shirt and like be and not he should not be Biff should not be like working for him. He had some weird demands and they had to like work so hard to get him to just act normal for that last scene and he did it against every fiber of his being apparently and so and then he apparently demanded a lot more money for the second one and so they're like you know we're not going to pay you more than like i don't know if he demanded more than michael j fox or christopher lloyd or anything but it was like no you're not gonna, gonna pay you that much i mean he's awesome in the movie though his character is so you know like what you were saying just like so nervous so lacking in confidence he's so absent minded and like his mannerisms are so so enjoyable to watch like the way he talks with his hands and, like, wild gestures. Uh, he must have been hanging out with uh, Christopher Lloyd a lot before as they were making this movie. He is hilarious. I think Leah Thompson does a really good job of uh, basically being so horny for Marty. Like, it's so... Like, it's so... It's not even horny. It's infatuated. I know. I know. I, God, I'm i trying to keep this raunchy, man. No, yeah, no, infatuated. Because she's, like, basically breathless the entire movie. Like, stum- Like, unable to, like, speak in Marty's presence. I mean... And michael j. fox is pretty i mean Michael J. Fox is a literal fox, so uh it's not hard to see why he'd be uh she'd be breathless around him. Scott is shaking his head, and you all smiled at the joke, none of you laughed, so but anyway, Scott, what would you think about uh about mar- marty's parents
0: they were yeah, they did a really good job uh Marty's dad was really uh i guess annoying initially and very nerdy and in his own little world and uh was crispin did a great job of portraying that and then uh you know it was almost to the point where when marty came back and his dad was kind of normal i was just waiting for something him to do something weird and it, and it didn't happen At the end. So the, yeah the actor did such a good job that that i was like okay where is it <laughs> so uh yeah he did a great job and then uh marty's mom yeah of course i thought it was funny how she was so infatuated with him and then uh you know after the dance she's just like, hey. You know, you're you're a good friend. You got friend zoned <laughs> yeah. in like yeah, the span so, of ten minutes. Well,
2: re- remember though, they had that very awkward—they had the very awkward kiss in the car, where she was just completely disgusted by kissing him.
0: Still, but going from that kind of infatuation to the friend zone—that's impressive.
1: I think that kiss just completely ruined it. Like so, Robert Zemeckis, like and Robert Gale were big on wanting wanting to make sure it was Lorraine who stopped liking Marty, and it wasn't just that oh, George saved my life. I'm going to go off after George because otherwise they didn't think it would work as well. And But I do agree. It is a very quick transition because it goes from infatuation to Marty gets basically pummeled and beaten up and taken out of the car. And in Lorraine's mind, she gets rescued by George. But to her, shouldn't she be like, oh my God, what happened to Calvin Klein? He's like, he got beaten up by Biff. Where is he? But nope, she just goes off to the dance and it's just dance and then she's like oh marty's up there now playing uh music yeah. and then yeah. <laughs> and then like she's you know she like sort of gives him like some shade about his music saying that was really interesting music but then, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. but then inex- inexplicably she then says marty are we ever gonna see you again and i'm like wait what did he did he in- did he tell you like hey after this date I, you will never see me again or it's like
3: well chanju that's part of the reason why i think lorraine's and it's not uh um the actress's fault what's her name it's it's not leah thompson's fault it's the character is is very like one-dimensional and and i think it's like oversimplified like she's going for she's like oh like fawning over this guy and then all of a sudden oh no this guy saved me now i'm gonna be with him
2: well i i think it's funny when she's uh telling marty's sister in the beginning of the movie at dinner like girls shouldn't chase guys and- like, that. obviously, they wrote that in there on purpose, but it's pretty funny.
1: No, and so I kind of agree with you, and I kind of don't agree with you, Anthony, because so, what? like, I agree that, like, sort of the, I mean, probably the weakest part in the movie for me is just getting from the point of Marty, from Lorraine loving Marty to then just being in love with George, which, you know, I'm fine with it, because, you know, no one wants to see Marty actually fade from existence and die, but, like, but yeah, that's probably the weakest part, but... I don't I don't think she's one dimensional because the whole, you know, girls chasing boys, that's so wrong. And like acting like, you know, she was this perfect, perfect angel back in the day. And then everything she does, like in the past, like where she's like sidling up to right next to Marty and like putting her hand on his leg during dinner in front of her parents. And then like he's playing on what he knows about his mom in the future when he because he's super nervous because he's going to have his plan involves having to like make moves on his mom. And he's like. Do you mind if we park? And he's hoping, knowing his mom, that she's going to be like, how dare you? Or something like that. And she goes, that's a great idea. I'd love to park. And he's that's like, a good huh?
3: That's a good point. His idea.
1: also, if you, if you take one thing out of
2: this movie, everybody who's anybody smokes. If you take one thing out of this movie.
1: Was that the point that you were trying to make a minute ago?
0: I'm pretty sure it was drinks, not smoke.
1: Yeah, it was drinks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was drinks. I forgot the point I was going to make a minute ago. <laughs>
1: uh, my bad. My bad. But if you f- if you figure it out again, we'll come back to you. But all
0: right, I'll interrupt. Eric, Eric, what are you th- <laughs> I mean there is one thing about her character change where, you know, I do think it's a little extreme that she goes from being super infatuated to not being interested. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> the scene with, with her and Biff, to me that's that's a kind of a brutal scene, actually. Um, yeah, you know it's pretty yes, much like it is. her about to get raped. Basically, like a rape and scene. It I was like, how scene. is this a family movie? I mean, just that one scene. I was like, wow, that's 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 pretty terrible, actually. And so I can see if she gets saved from that, and her acting in that scene, I thought was amazing because she just looked so scared and devastated. And and George, but then she guess when
1: uh, when he's about to pummel George. I agree. That's like a super dark scene in the movie, and partly because the movie came out in the 80s and I'm pretty sure everyone just glossed over because I know when I watched it early on I glossed over it I wasn't like thinking like oh my god but like now watching it I'm like this is kind of like especially the fact that they sort of like make Biff into their manservant at the end of the movie it's like do you really want your wife's potential rapist hanging around around the house with us yeah
2: but George put him in his place
0: yeah but but still yes and you can tell that, that wasn't the first time he's tried something like that. So it's not yeah, like Yeah, it's he was pretty comfortable there. So yeah, that is kinda... it's, it's kind of Is it's kind it is an uncomfortable scene for me.
1: It's slightly uncomfortable cuz obviously nothing happens in the movie, but you know, like not a cool not not a cool by Biff. Eric, really really quick, what are your thoughts on uh George and Lorraine? And then we'll talk about Biff.
2: I think they're great. I mean, they they nail the parts. You know, Marty needs to have these interactions with his parents, and he does. And it's a little awkward and
1: it's supposed to be. Scott, what are your thoughts on Biff Tannen? I guess other than the fact that he is almost a rapist.
0: Yeah, that again, that scene is horrible. Uh, uh yeah. other than that scene, I thought he was pretty funny actually. Um because yeah. he just he really wants to be the protagonist and he just can't. <clears throat> he just can't he really wants to be the protagonist or the antagonist, yeah. but he just can't get over yeah. Marty. And Marty, you know, is 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 just this little kid. I mean, I guess they're both in high school but Biff actually looks like an adult whereas Marty looks like yeah. a kid. Eric thinks Marty's 18. I think he's like 50. And maybe <laughs> Biff is 18, but it's just yeah, he's just a bumbling I don't know, he just I guess a uh, a jock and he can't do anything right. I think he's great. <clears throat> yeah, he's really good.
1: I love the two scenes that sort of repeat the uh, you know, his hey butt or uh when he's doing hello, hello with George in the beginning and then later in the movie cuz he plays him in- I mean, he plays it like a middle-aged, like, asshole in the second, in the first one.
2: Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because in 1955, he's, like, the cool jock. And in, even though he's being an asshole in 1985, he just seems like a, sort of like an old loser. Like, even though he's being a complete asshole to George.
1: Yeah. Now, I have a question, though. Would you guys think that just because he gets punched by George McFly and knocked out, that he would completely become docile towards jo- George and do whatever George says? My my theory would be that that would just anger a bully even more, and he would make George's life a living hell for the rest of his life.
0: Well,
2: I, I guess it put him in his place.
0: My understanding is that that happened once, and then it happens, like, every few months, probably for the next, like, because it's 30 years later that he's subservient to him. So every, like, month for the next five years, he just punches him and knocks him out, so... <laughs> I, uh, I never thought yeah. of that. So after 30 years, <laughs> he's, probably he's probably, like, I'll just do whatever you yeah. want, please don't hit me.
1: Yeah. He probably walked into the cafe and he's like, hey, McFly, and he just clocks him again. And, like, he's like knocked out again. And eventually he's just being friendly. He's like, hey, McFly, can I buy you? A-? And then he punches him again. He's like, oh, God. Yeah, alone, I think man. that's
0: what happens. I think that's what they're doing.
1: <laughs> well, what about you, Anthony? What do you think about good old
3: Biff? I was going to add to that point, like one thing that's uh, implied uh, in the future, the new future, is that this event where George punches Biff, is that like it uh, changes their character traits. Yeah, And then, obviously, it builds over time. And Doc
2: alludes to that in the scene when Marty is about to go back with the lightning strike.
3: Right, he does, actually. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I could see that being an uh, yeah. altering type of moment.
2: So, sorry, sorry to cut you guys off here. I remembered the question I was going to ask before that I completely had forgotten. When, uh, when, like, Marty's brother and sister are disappearing from the photograph, so if his parents never hook up, Would it be the oldest kid that disappears
0: first or the youngest? My sister asked the same thing while we were watching. Your sister asked you the same question? Yeah, she asked me the same question about four hours ago when we were watching the movie. But I was like, why wouldn't it be the oldest? Because the youngest, there's still a chance they get together and have the youngest one.
2: But if the oldest is not, oh, I, OK, I see what you're saying. There's still a few more years for them to hook up right. to have the youngest Right, the kid. potential, yeah. But the older one, it was just too late and it didn't happen. No,
0: the older one, if they don't hook up at that uh, dance, he's screwed. It's all over yeah. for So his older brother's 30 years old? Eric, I thought you were actually going to ask a good question. I thought you were going to say, when they come back into the picture, why do they look the same as the original picture when they're clearly different? That was my question. Well, maybe the kids' personalities are just the same, but the dad's cool. No, but they're dressed different. They look different. They act different. Everything is different with his family.
1: Wait, are you saying that that doesn't make sense?
0: But they still could have went on
2: that trip to Disneyland or wherever that picture is.
0: Their personalities are different. Because
1: the, they have different upbringing now, because their parents... Are-
0: right, so shouldn't they look different in the picture? Oh, that, oh that's what you meant. Okay, yeah, that, that's what you meant. Yeah, when, when the picture's restored, why wouldn't it look like the new future? That's a good point. I thought Eric was going to ask that, and I was going to be proud of him, but instead he asked whatever... I don't even remember what he asked anymore. <laughs> you, you couldn't make Great
3: Scott proud, Eric. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott. But, but, yeah, I'm sorry, man. If if, everyone, if all the other siblings are, are have changed when he comes back to the future, why hasn't he himself changed? Because he's been in the past. But you could he's changed the future.
0: Except he wasn't in the future that changed. Haven't you seen those Marvel movies? It's a timeline. You know, the timeline, he's the one that's changing it, so he's outside of it.
2: Well, this goes back to the Terminator. I think there's alternative timelines, and he's altered the timeline. He's now in the new alternative timeline, and the old timeline still exists. He's just no longer in it.
1: We got, we got 18 minutes, so let's get Let's get Anthony's thoughts on Biff and then Eric's thoughts on Biff. I
3: think, uh, who's, who played, what's the actor's name?
1: Thomas F. Wilson.
3: I think, uh, Thomas F. Wilson plays Biff really well. Plays, it's such he makes him so unlikable. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a bully. He's, he's that guy in high school that you just hate. Yeah. You, you, ah, oh, man. You know, you, you all probably know one yeah. of those guys. I... Oh yeah, no, known. I, I
1: had ass bullies who, not ass, asshole bullies, but, uh,
3: yeah, Ooh, uh, and and to see that uh, turnaround at the end, where now he's the one yeah. that's you know uh, washing your yeah. cars and buffing them out. Yeah, that's that makes it so much better.
1: Yeah, and uh, all right, Eric, what are your thoughts on Biff? It can be exactly what you you said last time. Like he nailed it.
2: I, I think I, I think he nailed it. I mean, <laughs> what, what else do you want me to say? He does a great job in the role. Um, yeah. Biff is your stereotypical high school bully, and he. He does a perfect job at it. He's not too bright. He's a jock. He yeah. you know, resorts to fighting right away. He's exactly what's needed for the role.
1: Well, he also has a much bigger parts in the second and third. And he's got a very sweet fort. He does. That I would love to have. You know, even before things got dark with Lorraine, he was trying to kill Marty. Like, I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean... He
2: was are already gonna on the- squish Marty between
1: him yeah. and the menorah truck. But- <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, he was already on this homicidal, like he was hell bent on killing him. So, this is things were already uh, going down the tube with uh, Biff Tannen. But uh, he definitely has a bigger, you know, he's definitely a bigger part of the second and third movies, or at least uh, you know the character or the actor. Well, in his ancestor part. in the third yeah, movie. Yeah. In this one, he pops in every now and then, like you know, aside from the whole he's trying to rape Lorraine part, the fact that marty's expecting george to pull him out of the car and it turns out to be biff is still a great reveal and you know i still you know that climax is still great and watching george get his uh revenge on biff after all that uh torture is super satisfying
2: uh, i gotta say i really like Biff's goon squad like the guy with the uh 3d glasses that's pretty cool
1: <laughs> I, I was wondering what is that like the, is that a thing people just did like to be cool like wear 3d glasses like what it's really hard to see in those if you're not watching a 3D movie. No, that's no, okay. We're not. <laughs> but uh, all right. <laughs> but uh, do you guys do you guys hear that that uh, the DeLorean was not going to be the time machine? That it was supposed to be like really like either it was supposed to be a refrigerator or something inanimate, and they were going to put <laughs> in it what, like that movie Hot Tub Time Machine.
0: Oh man,
1: <laughs> they were going to have to be make it something inanimate and have it like in the back of, like, move it in the back of a truck, like, physically, like, Doc would be moving it in the back of a truck throughout the movie, and this movie would have, I mean, the DeLorean is awesome in this movie. I
2: mean... The DeLorean's iconic. I mean, it, I, I can't imagine this
1: movie without it. I mean, the climax of the original movie was that, like, the way to travel through time was apparently to be in the refrigerator or whatever during a nuclear blast, or something like that, and so they were going to take the fridge to a nuclear... uh like a nuclear test site, so
2: Doc would have to like nuke California every time he wants to time travel. Something,
1: something like that. Well, the plutonium I think takes care of it, but like in the past, he would have had to go to a a uh, a testing site. And I can't imagine the clim- like the climax of the movie, being any good if that had to happen.
2: How would you do the whole lightning strike thing?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean the
0: lightning. Eric missed the point. That's, there wouldn't be. Any that's his way. biggest concern about changing the Delorean for a refrigerator. Is how would you do the yeah. lightning strike? <laughs> Who cares about anything else? How would that lightning strike work? It would probably work easier if it was a refrigerator. Honestly, because you just put the refrigerator in the middle of the road, have that little hook on it, you're good to go.
2: Yeah, but how? How is a lightning strike the equivalent of a nuclear blast?
1: No, it's the uh, the plutonium is the nuclear reaction. You need the nuclear blast to do the nuclear reaction or you can have the 1.21 gigawatts to initiate the nuclear reaction. But, uh, I, I do have some nitpicks about that ending though. It's my one major nitpick with the, the actual ending and it. Why, why did they have to have that stopwatch? That's st- like the that timer go off. And then Marty's, the car is not starting. I'm like the stopwatch though. Like why would the timer went off based on that doc would have made his calculations. You know, for him to hit the the wire at the right moment, like the lightning strike should be late, basically. The movie should have been like Doc does this, and the light, and you know, the lightning flashes, and then the DeLorean drifts by ten seconds. Later. <laughs> <laughs> and the, that that wouldn't be as entertaining.
0: <laughs> I know this is one of his experiments failing, but it succeeded. His calculations <laughs> yeah. were off. Yeah. He was but, off on the luckily, calculation,
2: but because he was ten seconds behind on his calculations. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: <laughs> he's just he's just really, really bad at being a scientist. Like literally the only thing he ever did was invent the time machine. Everything else is a failure. Well, let's uh let's talk about our nitpicks then. Anyone else have any nitpicks to uh or actually let's talk about let's talk about the music really quick because that's iconic. Music's
2: great. I I got nothing else to say about it. It's great. I think we, we, we only watch movies with good music. I think that's our like that's our that's our criteria.
3: <laughs> this is true. The score is so it just makes us feel so adventurous. And uh, it it really goes well, they, the way they uh, did the music to sort of interact with the actual music that's playing in the movie. Like, for example, uh, the band at the end when they're playing and they finish the song and then, yeah, and they finish that song. And then there's like a little flourish in the orchestra, which is obviously not part of the band, but it's like part of the soundtrack. And it just it all just comes seamlessly together. And I think they really did a great job just creating this atmosphere of, of like this this adventure and this wonderment.
0: Music was great. Yeah, it was uh upbeat and yeah, it gave you like I think someone said a sense of adventure, but not yeah. not too much like you see in action movies or you hear in action movies. Yeah. But it was yeah. it was good to the point where it was adventurous and fun, uh, but not overly dramatic. So it was great.
1: Well, here's my question for you though. How does it compare to uh Judge Dredd's soundtrack cuz it's made both of them are by Alan Silvestri.
0: Oh, are they? Oh, they're great. They're yeah. I think they're very I enjoy both of them. I think they're very different. You know, Judge Dredd is more like an epic and uh the sound yeah. always makes it sound like something really like dramatic is going to happen and um yeah. whereas to me the Back to the Future soundtrack is a little more fun. Both both sounds are great.
1: Yeah, and Back to the Future soundtrack is you know is iconic. I love it, and but the thing that I always notice with it now is when I go and watch Predator, I feel like Predator sound because it's done by the same guy. But his he does a lot of the same like little incidental pieces of music, and it sounds really similar. And I'm like, it's really weird, and it's effective though. How he has this fun sci fi adventure movie.
2: I can see that, but the, the Predator music's a lot creepier.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying though. He has like a lot of similarities in those two scores, but somehow they impart completely different tones so that's what i always notice but i mean back to future theme though is just is awesome and iconic so any other anything else you guys want to talk about uh nitpicks any other actors characters writing eric with the shrugs scott shaking his head anthony no words
0: i I pointed out i pointed out my my issue with pictures so uh there are there are a few other like little things but the movie's too good for me to nitpick too much yeah, it's
3: time travel. You just kind of have to go with it.
0: It's a suspension of uh, suspension of disbelief.
1: Yeah. Well, really quick, though, uh, what did you guys think about the Darth Vader scene? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty
3: good. Because uh, they referenced, referenced Eddie Van Halen. That was awesome. <laughs> the mixtape.
1: <laughs> As a non-Star Wars fan, though, I love that it's both a Star Wars and a Star Trek joke, though, because he's... Right, Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. Do you guys know that scene is like three minutes long originally and they deleted they deleted almost all of it because originally Marty uses a hairdryer and is literally telling George I will f- melt your brains and if you don't take Lorraine out and the... uh,
2: that's probably some good editing that scene did not need to be any longer than it was it, no
1: it's really good I just watched the deleted scene it's kind of painfully long Like, and he chloroforms George at the end I feel like I've seen it <laughs> you might that have sounds... watched
0: the deleted scenes then uh, yeah because yeah. I was going to say that sounds kind of familiar actually yeah that I did see the hairdryer in his in his belt and I'm like, what is why is he have a hairdryer there?
1: It's what he uses to threaten him to melt his brains. But uh that's one thing about this movie. I feel like it's really tightly edited. It's so good, like every scene feels like purposeful and there's nothing like there's nothing really boring in the movie. It's just like every like I said earlier, like everything at the beginning is setting up stuff you're gonna see later, and like everything in the middle is like paying o- or everything in the middle in the end is like paying off stuff you've already seen. Or uh, all the little gags that they've set up, so I think the movie's like perfectly edited. But uh, let's do our reviews. Start with you, Eric, because you're the most drunk. (laughs) (laughs) This
2: movie's great. It's a lot of fun. It's one of those ones that is, you know, if it's on TV, you just watch it, or you just you just go find it on Netflix and you watch it. Like it's just, it's a great movie. You could watch it anytime. It's it's just a lot of fun. Like you know, it's not it's not serious at all. It's not super in depth. It's just enjoyable. 8 out of 10 must see.
1: All right, Scott, you're a penny for your thoughts?
0: Uh yeah, I thought the movie was really good. Like Eric said, I mean, it it's a lot of fun. You can you can almost start watching it in the middle and you'll miss some of the little gags, but you'll get all yeah. the you'll be laughing in the movie no matter when you watch it just because uh Michael J Fox and Christopher Lloyd are, are so good. I mean, everyone else is good too, but it it is a lot of yeah. fun. Uh I was laughing all throughout it, which I didn't really do. But it was great. Um I'll give it a uh I'll say eight and a half out of ten. Sweet. Must watch. And you mentioned
1: must watch. <laughs> you mentioned uh really quick, you mentioned Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd together. Forgot to mention their chemistry is amazing. Like oh, their yeah. their back and forth dialogue is like impeccable. Like everything it's rapid fire and they play off each other so well.
0: But one thing you were saying that who was the other guy? Who was the guy that was going to uh, be Marty McFly?
1: Eric Stoltz. Eric yeah,
0: Stoltz. Yeah, and you said he was a method actor. I cannot imagine yeah. him being really dramatic and serious with, like, the doc next to him in a scene. That would just be <laughs> ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, they they did great.
1: That's the thing. Every I think everyone on the crew, like, felt that he was – that it was not working with him. And, like, eventually they just had her, like, we need to get rid of him, like, get rid of him because it's not working. But, uh, Anthony, what are your thoughts? And I I'm not going to pay you anything for these.
3: That's okay. I'll do it for free because yeah. this is actually one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I might be giving this the highest score I've yeah. given a movie on this, and I think I would give it an eight seven.
1: Damn, man, eight seven. Which for me, yeah. you know, that's, that's high. yeah.
3: I, 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 this is one of those movies that I could watch uh, almost every year. <laughs> yeah. Have you have I know you, for... have you watched it every year? No, no. I mean, but I catch it on TV every year. Just,
1: oh, so you have watched Just happened. Yeah, okay. Not in yeah, full yeah, every yeah. time, but
3: it is such a great movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no parts in the movie which are, like, annoying yeah. to me, which uh, some of the previous like movies Like the kids in Jurassic have. Park? Yes, I always think about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this is one of those movies. It's, it's just great. I think it's, like Scott said, a must watch. I think Eric also said that. <laughs> yeah, Eric said it, so, it first. Like Eric said, it's a must <laughs> watch. <laughs> All right.
2: I'm gonna uh, go back in the time, back in time, and say it before you. <laughs>
0: you already
1: said it before me. Uh, well, my thoughts. Uh, so, this movie, like I said, I saw the second one first, and didn't what didn't enjoy it because it confused the hell out of me. But once I watched the first one, things clicked into place, and it's always been like that since then. Because I watch it, sir, so, like probably yearly. It's like everyone else has said, it's super fun. And one one thing, this is what a movie that my probably my dad's favorite movie. So we I mean, we watched it together like uh 2 weeks ago. And it's one of, you know, so I always like watching it with him. And, you know, everything we've talked about is just like the acting, the characters, the interactions, like the story, it all works together so just just incredibly. It's like rapid fire. It's still funny. Like the jokes still work. I give it a ninety-two out of a hundred, as Scott very novelly coined, a must-watch. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, nice one, Scott. Hey, you guys yeah, are welcome. yeah, that was all Scott, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it great was. Scott. It was a great Scott. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and if it wasn't a great Scott, it was a wonderful Anthony, or or a great no, not a great good chunter. Yeah, either.
0: I don't think it would have went anywhere if Anthony didn't second it. So thank you, Anthony, for seconding that for me.
3: <laughs> You're very welcome. That you know, the numbers. Yeah,
1: and. Uh, I mean, you know, like uh third time's a charm, so uh me finishing it up with a third a third one was just perfect.
0: did uh, really well, yeah yeah yeah, yeah we yeah, started Eric. and ended it, and now it's done. Three out of four
3: ain't bad.
1: Eric, Eric looks wounded.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, no. i'll try, i'll
2: I'll try not to drink so much for this podcast.:
1: <laughs> The Florence Nightingale effect would come into play. If Lorraine Bain saw Eric's look on his face right now, she would have fallen in love with him because she felt so bad for him. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway I'll take so. it. All right. Well, until next time, this has been a pointless, pointless rewind.